All right, everybody. Welcome to Black Mesa Radio with your hosts, Nate, Seth, and Chase, and Josh, and Chase, and Josh. and Nate, and Seth, but mostly Chase. My name is Nate, and I like to party. Where we talk <laughs> about the power of thought, space, and everything in between. Let's get going. So this we're going to be talking about the power of thought. So we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. Um, how the human brain, uh, the human mind has the ability to think, <laughs> has the ability to think. Um, it's just a very interesting thing. Uh, the power according of to the brain, according to the brain. Yeah. The brain tells us it's a really powerful thing. It's kind of narcissistic, I guess. <laughs> to See, it, it's the most important thing in the human body. Would this be considered metacognition? Thinking about thinking. I was thought that Technically, was Technically, yes, it is. I love to call it metacognition. It makes it sound way cooler. Rather than psychology? No, metacognition is the thought of thought. So what is psychology? What do you think psychology about Psychology is the study of thought. Or, well, the, the, the study of the mind. What is studying? <laughs> I'm just saying. It's no, the well, same. You, well, metacognition would be thinking about your own thoughts. So about how you think and about how you react. So it's kind of, kind of just like introversion. In, I mean, introspection. So applying psychology to yourself. Sort of. That's psychology. Just think about thought. That's all it is. Just think about that. The psychologist is disagreeing with you. I'm not, no, <laughs> well, he's wrong. <laughs> what does he know? He's right to some degree. I'm just saying that the term psychology is the study of the human mind. So I guess all aspects is, is it's not just. No, you yeah, can you can have you can have terms like subterms for things. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I'm not. So metacognition is. is a part of psychology. It's not that I actually believe that he's wrong. <laughs> I was just screwing around. God, Nate. You know how it works. Nate. Playing devil's wiener. (laughs) (laughs) Not even sure. You just got devil dicked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. So, before the podcast started today, we were talking about. So, one thing. So, one thing we were talking about before the podcast started was a soldier in Vietnam um, who was an avid golfer before the war broke out. And then from the beginning of the war until. Uh, the end of the war, he was in a camp because he was captured almost immediately. He was a POW. And in his mind, every single day, he would think about golfing um, the particular course that was in his hometown. And by the end, when he was finally liberated from his camp, he, you know, went home uh, and played a round at that course. And his average dropped from like in the 90s to the 60s for that course. Because um, every day he was playing 18 holes in his head. And just by going through the motions mentally – his, um, I guess his, his mind essentially learned the muscle memory that was needed to become an amazing golfer. Um, on other courses, he was scoring in the seventies, which is still really good for an amateur golfer. And so that's just one of these little things that kind of spurred the conversation on to where we we're going to talk about the power of thought. I guess I had a similar story about that, about the uh, two basketball teams Yeah, that one of them was made to think about practicing basketball for 30 minutes at a time while the other team actually practiced basketball for 30 minutes at a time. And then they played after a month of doing this and they turned out to be on equal footing. It's kind of fascinating how the mind could actually manipulate you in that way. Like the mind is in control of your physical body. 
that much. I just thought of like one situation where it's kind of anecdotal, but like me and and Seth and like a mutual friend, like we went bowling every Monday. Yeah. Um, and we like the, we're the trying to. Bullies. Yeah, the the roly bowlers. We were we were trying to get better. Like I think the goal at one point was to like get good enough to like be in a league. But you guys are already good enough to be in a league. No, trust me. no, we're not. Uh, sure dude, I don't know, man. Some of those leagues. No, the start, are... the starter leagues. You guys could have easily made it. Well, okay. Anyway, all right. This is about the mind, Josh. I'm sorry. Okay? You're right. My bad. Psychologist. Sorry. Um, but like, so we were trying to get better and stuff, and we were really like pushing ourselves and trying to be good at bowling. And like Seth, at one point, like hit a slump, and I was like, before you roll again, I was like, visualize a strike and how it feels. Like not even necessarily like what it look. Like, don't think about like what it looks like to roll a strike, but like think about how it feels, like how it feels in your hand and like how your foot placement and like what that feels like in your muscles and your joints and stuff. I was like, go through that and visualize it again before the next time you roll. Yeah, like, you I, did it. And you started rolling strikes again. Well, yeah, because I just I imagined like the last time I had a strike, I just put myself back in that in that time, and you know, imagine the way I felt, like the way my body moved. The motions, and I didn't, like, I, I think the problem was I was getting, I was just standing there and I was thinking about it too much. Because, you know, I mean, there's that thing with baseball players, I'm sure you've heard of it, Chase, where they'll just suddenly, like pitchers, they suddenly forget how to throw. Just overthink it so yeah. hard. Like, or like batters, like just forgetting how to bat. Instead of going with instinct, you go with, I have to do this, and you're trying to completely control it while your mind is already pre-calculating everything. True story. No, yeah. I do that. That happens to me every now and then on Sundays. Um, for the listeners that don't know, I play lead guitar at a church. Um, and there'll be Sundays where, you know, I have three solos in a row on three different songs. And I will nail the first one, nail the second one. And then I'm like, I did two really good ones in a row. I better not mess up this next one. And so during the second song, I'm playing the, well, you know, I'm just going by memory autopilot on the second song. And I'm actively just thinking over and over again about that next solo coming up. And then I'll go to play it and I'll screw it up. Because I just overthought it the whole time. Dude, I can't even tell you how many musicians um, I've heard talk about, like, if they just have, like, a little bit to drink before they play, they play better. Like, <laughs> and not even, like, get drunk to the point that, like, they think they're playing good, but they're not. But yeah. just, like, enough to kind of, like, loosen them up. And, like, they play better when they're, like, a little bit drunk. Like, I've met musicians who have said that. And, like, I read an article about Dave Grohl one time, and he mm -hmm. talked about how, like... He'll drink like a couple of beers and like two or three shots of Jaeger or whatever. And then he'll like, he'll go out and play and he plays better because like it like loosens you up and you quit like, quit thinking with your brain, man. Start thinking with your heart. You start, you start thinking with your muscles. There's true. a, uh, can't do that on Sundays though. I don't think. <laughs> sure you can. Sure. Just don't tell anybody. Drink the, turn drink water the... into wine and you can do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've heard a few stories, uh, some of the medical people I know in the medical profession and they, uh, like a few of them, when they were taking some of their tests, uh, they know of people who went out and partied the night before and just overdid it and came in a little bit drunk and took the test and did really well, better than they probably would have otherwise done because they just weren't, they, they just, you know, one of the things on tests is when you overthink it and you second guess yourself, yeah, you yeah. do worse. So they just like, you know, filled out what they thought the answer was because they'd studied a lot. They knew the answers. And they just didn't think about it. They just did it, and they did really well. I can attest to that. Going on instinct, I, I always second-guess myself. But when I find out what the right answer was, I was like, that was what I first thought it was. Like, just go with it. Don't you're, – you're kind of – when you overthink it, I feel like you're trying to reinvent the wheel. When the wheel's already there, so just 
Use it. Your mind is already already has the pathway in place. Well, and I remember it, taking the ACT, and that's what they always said about taking the ACT. It was just like go with the go with the first answer like that the, you think the, of. The Don't old, go back and change stuff. The only time you should go back and change stuff is if you get to a question later on. It basically says the answer to one of the previous questions. You're like, oh, I know this. This makes me think that yeah, that absolutely was this. And then you go back and change it, and usually then you're right. Hmm. But. So, so we should all turn our targeting computers off and just go with the force. That's exactly yes. It. Use the force. The, use the wisdom. Force. Can we just take a minute and think about that? And like, let that marinade. Turn off your targeting computer. Just go with the force. <laughs> gotta feel it. That's true. You do gotta feel it. Yeah, dude. That makes me so excited for the Star Wars movie. Oh my gosh, me too, dude. Oh yes, man. I hope Harrison is okay. I'm so glad J.J. Abrams is the one doing Isn't it. Isn't that crazy how music can evoke such an emotion? Like, I, you, I knew you guys were talking about Star Wars and the Force. I was like, uh, and then the music. And I was like, yes. Yeah, you heard it in your head. Like, you heard the full score just go off. Yes, yes, when exactly. You hear it, John dude, Williams. Like, I just imagine the the time I always think about that music playing is when Luke is in the, uh, the uh, what is the thing's name? The ice monster, the Yeti Hoth. thing. In the ice cave on Hoth, the, uh, he's fighting the Wampa. The Wampa. It's not a wampa. No, the wampas Womp are the. Is it a wampa? No, it's a. Uh, no, it's a wampa. Yeah, it is a wampa. It's a wampa. Yeah, when he's like, anyway, he's like strung yeah. up and he's like hung it. Go with by our his gut. Feet, and the lightsaber's just right there, and he's just like, Ooh, and then the music starts playing. Like, ah, oh, that just pumps me up. But so it's also hard. like he lets go and he relaxes and just lets it happen. Yeah, that's no, true. More muscle it. memory. I don't think he gets yeah. it until the beast is coming right out. He's like, oh crap. No, because he calms no, down. Because he, calms was, just cause he was like, he was stressing, and then when it's running at him, that's when he calms and then, down. Like he closes his eyes, just like calms that's down, right. and just does. Also, that's even right. more on the subject that we just said, like they're talking about, like letting it go. Me and Seth both said Wampa, and then we were like, no, wait, because our our gut of just growing up with Star Wars is like Wampa, and then turns out it was that. We, we second guessed <laughs> ourselves, but we were right the whole time. I said it was well, wrong. I second guessed myself because you were like, well, and I'm but like, I was well, thinking you know, you know about, Bantha. you know about no, Star Wars. That's like go, You gotta yeah. go with your heart. Yeah, Star yeah. Wars is there, man. That's where it is. It's a ram. Bantha's the big lizard thing. It's that's like not... a ram combined with that, a uh, mastodon. Now that's a uh, that is Bantha. Yeah, it's Bantha. Let's say Bantha was the one that the well, sand people the wrote. Pinsar, you just call him Bantha Pudu. You know, you're like cow crap. Sebulba. I don't know. I'm gonna have to look now. Sebulba. Sebulba. Dog. Yeah, it was Sebulba. I would have game on in sixty four. I would have bet on Sebulba over Anakin. Anyway. I mean, obviously, because he's the best. Yeah. And also, Anakin wasn't alien; he's human. Uh, which on that planet was alien, probably. But his metachlorians were off the chart, bro. They didn't know that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the power, Tom Cruise wasn't there to like make him like hold the sticks and like test his metachlorian count. <laughs> <laughs> we better not talk about that. We'll get. We'll sued? Yeah. We will get sued. Come and get me! It's the shitting boy! You want to get sued? <laughs> the shinning? No, oh, the, watches sh- the, the shinning. Yeah. I thought okay. you said something else. <laughs> and yeah, I was I did. really confused. I thought you said something else, too. Are you sure you said he shinning? Said the he shinning. said the shinning. He it's, said the shinning, but he said it Simpsons. with a terrible Scottish accent. That uh. that N was a hard T is what that was. Interesting. What? <laughs> so that ends sounded Shin- like hard Shinting. S H I N T. Oh, oh. The yeah. shunting. The shindig. <laughs> this has turned into a rant podcast. Like, not That's even. That's okay. 
Not That's even. fine. That's fine. We're having fun. Are you so having fun? Happens, Josh, just let it be natural. Josh, you just need to relax. You're thinking too hard. That's what you're doing. Just let it go. The power of thought. Let it go. Can't hold me back anymore. I just need to let the sympathetic nervous system take over. Yeah, dogs chill. Mary told me today. You want a beer? No, thank you. Okay. Mary told me today that I need to relax more and stop being so, like, stop thinking about everything so much. Yeah, man. Let it go. And I said maybe. Have you ever read the Tao Te Ching? I said I need to think about it. (laughs) I don't like the Tao Te Ching. You don't? I've read it, and I like some aspects of it, but a lot of times there's like this is a whole lot of this is just very lofty. Yeah, Over, a little overly lofty for me. Yeah, I I I could kind of agree with that. It'd be uh, yeah, it'd be nice if someone wrote like the Dao De Jung for Americans. It's like oh, finally something I understand. They did. It's called the Big Lebowski. Dude, there might be more wisdom to that. I know that was a joke, but there's probably <laughs> a lot of wisdom to that. <laughs> Fun fact: My galaxy just autocorrected Tantooine when I spelled it wrong. So that makes me happy. The galaxy no, for the win. They're called they're called dubaks, by the way. Dubaks. What's a dubak? The lizard things that the stormtroopers ride. They're called dubaks. Oh, nice. Why are they called that? I don't know. Because like, does do form on their back? He's not J.R. Tolkien, where, where he like actually combines languages for <laughs> purposeful reasons. He didn't, but the fans did, and they wrote books, and that, oh, yeah. that is where you get all those facts from. You know, you know what's crazy? Like, speaking of virtually everything we know about the Star Wars universe, Tolkien and Lord of the Rings just made me think of it. I read this thing where, like, the level of detail that they put on some of that stuff. Like, oh, yeah. there are some scenes where there's like a rune on the glove of like one character that represents like one specific thing that's only on that character at one point, and you never even see it. Like, I think that's the mark of like a good movie. That's the level of detail. What and I then thought they made was the neat. Hobbit. <laughs> on that, oh my god! On that same note, talking about good movies, um, the very first Mummy movie, you know, say what you want about the sequels, oh, but the first one's yes. great. Yes, it is. And there's a scene where he's at the very beginning. Brendan Fraser's walking before they've awoken, um, whatever his name was, the Mummy. There's a scene where Brendan Fraser's walking through like the temple with like a uh, torch, and you can see that he has this tattoo on his wrist or like on his forearm. And like they never mentioned that tattoo. There's nothing to do with it. They didn't know the movie was going to be a success or whatever. And then in number two, they there's like a huge thing about that tattoo. And I just thought that was really neat that from the beginning they had that planned out. Should the movie go somewhere? Hmm. I love when films do that kind of thing. Yeah, dude, I love writers like the ability to create such a dynamic story. And you can always tell when they're a good writer for the most part to oh, yeah. intertwine. I mean, there's a difference between a bad writer a good writer, and an incredible writer. I love to read books by good writers, but when you get that one book by an incredible writer and you're just blown away by every chapter, like, how did they do that? How did they draw it all in together? Yeah. When everything is, my favorite is when everything is set up from the very beginning and it's so vague that you don't think about it until it all comes together at the end yeah. and it just blows oh, yeah. your mind. That's- you just got to put the book down, step back, and just be like, <laughs> Didn't it take Patrick Rothfuss like 14 years or something like that to finally get to like the final copy that actually got published? Of uh, like, the Wind? Yeah. I have no idea. Dude, he worked on that book forever and like I think that's I think that's part of it. Like I don't want to say it's completely trial and error because like I think Patrick Rothfuss is definitely a good author. Well, he's definitely a good author. I mean, he's He's wrote so many good, like, just games. But, he, he does a lot of yeah. games, and there's so much detail in them. And, like, what you don't... But that's what you don't see. It's, like, it's kind of like Edison creating, like, however many light bulbs to, like, finally find the one that works. Like, I think a lot of the books are, like... A lot of books, good mm. books that get written are like that, too. Like, they send it to the publisher, and then it gets sent back. And they send it to the publisher, and, like, you don't see, like, the amount of freaking work. That's the, the point. why I like 
Patrick Rutherford so much. Rothford. Rothford? Rothfuss. Rothfuss. Rothfuss? Niggas. Yes. <laughs> Call him <laughs> Patrick. Patty. Patrick Rothfuss. Patty. Rothfuss. Patty Roth. Be in there. Here, Chase, just go ahead and say the reason I like Patrick Rothfuss, and we'll edit out all that crap. The reason I like Patrick Rothfuss. Rothfuss. <laughs> Rothfuss. <laughs> the reason I like Patrick Rothfuss is because he's a writer talking about writing, especially with The Chronicler. And he's kind yeah. of telling a little bit about himself in The Chronicler, I feel like. And also, Josh, I talked to you about this. Uh, when he talks about music. Yeah. I really like music, but I can't understand it like a, like a true musician, like maybe a you or Nate. But I really dig into that, like how he talks about what it is to be a musician. He never talks about notes or sounds necessarily. He talks about the emotion yeah. of the, of the song. Well, there's a, one of my favorite parts of that book. By the way, listeners, we're talking about Name of the Wind. Uh, one of my favorite part of that, parts of that book is when, he goes so long without playing his lute and then he meets yeah. up with like a traveler who also has a lute and then he asks if he can play it and the guy's really uncomfortable with him doing it and he plays it and it's really good and it's like a whole new experience for him but the other guy is so uncomfortable and then later in the second book he talks about someone else playing his lute and how uncomfortable it makes him and I was like that's 100% true I hate when people touch my instrument I've only read the first book I'm about to read the second one but it's funny because I was just talking to my brother just a few days ago that is I think the coolest scene. It's a great scene. When he's talking about that he gets to play the other dude's loot and he just totally rocks their world, but the other guy's a little pissed off about it. Well, he's upset for multiple reasons. He's upset because one, he was a better player and two, because he's touching like his loot. It's not his. It's not quotes. It's he's possessive of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you are like, I'm so possessive of my instruments. Like, it's like you put your heart and soul into that literally when you're playing it and also when you try and tune it and when you, yep. uh, Add things it's to your it, baby. I guess. I hate letting other people touch my instrument unless I know that they're going to be careful with it. Like, I have kids. Back when I was playing for the youth, I would have kids come up and be like, can I play your guitar? And they'd be like, ha, no. Um, unless I know that kid is actively, like, taking lessons and going to be respectable with it. Like, I wouldn't let them touch it. Um, there's been times where I'll come into the into the sanctuary and there'll be several children on stage and they're, like, touching my pedals and, like, messing with my guitar. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I have to restrain myself from, like, yelling because I'm – like, I'm not – Necessarily angry, but there's just like this gut reaction of protectiveness where you don't want people My child. messing with your things, like when it comes it's, to instruments. Yeah, it's true. And I think that part of that is because like music is such an emotionally driven experience. Oh, yeah. Like, at least for me, like, I, I'm, I know for a lot of people too, like when I say I'm, you know, a unique snowflake or anything, but like, you are a beautiful and delicate snowflake. When you like, even like when I was playing in church and like I, re- I rarely practiced to play in church like ever, but like when I did and like I had the song down and I knew the song and like I didn't have to like think about the actual mechanics of like playing the song and I could just play. Like when I could do that and you just like get in the flow, it's like this like crazy emotional thing where you're just like caught up and like just riding this wave of like, what everybody's doing and like you're you're just like a part of it and i don't know i don't even know how to describe it but it's like this incredible like emotional experience and like you have that connection to that thing and then like your instrument is how you express like this emotional part of yourself that's going through that and so like letting someone else put their grubby fingers all over it just like feels wrong it's like dude Uh, like it's a it's like a holy it's like a sacred thing like you don't you know, unless you know somebody else has like been through the same like uh 
like monastic process almost like they're not allowed to touch the instrument but like once you know that somebody's on the same like emotional level like they connect with the music the same way you do you know they're not going to disrespect your stuff yeah that's true um just going back to what you said about letting yourself go like this last sunday i was getting way too way too mechanical with it oh oh yeah yeah um shut up (laughs) i was getting way too mechanical with my playing and i wasn't enjoying it um at all. Like I was just, I was just, pl- I was playing and you know, I was nailing my parts and stuff, but I wasn't, I wasn't there, I guess. My, I was literally thinking about work while I'm playing, um, which is not good, by the way. And if, if you're a musician, you understand. Um, it's cause I wasn't present in the moment. I was doing my part cause you know, I'm not, I'm not an amazing musician, but I'm good enough to where I don't necessarily have to think about what I'm doing. I can just play it, um, off instincts and w- having played it before. But I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about work and I realized that and I got mad at myself and I just mentally chastised myself for probably a good whole song, I would say. <laughs> just mad at myself. And so the next song I was like, I'm not going to look at my music stand. Um, I'm just going to play it from memory. I'm just going to have fun with it and I'm going to enjoy it. And that was like, that set turned into just a regular, from a regular set to one of the most fun sets I've played in months. Um, just because I got into it and I had a blast. Like it was such a good, good set. And it wasn't even that great of a song. It's actually a pretty terrible song, but. It was fun, and I don't know. It was cool. On the on the topic of mind and music, I was reading a story about this lady. She had a, uh, I don't know, something happened to her. I can't remember if it was a, a stroke or a seizure or an aneurysm, but it, it affected her brain where she couldn't communicate, she couldn't speak to people, and she couldn't read anymore. Like It affected that part of her brain, the language part of her brain, so badly that she couldn't do anything. But uh, eventually she got over it after a few years, and she was talking about it. And she said, like, the only thing that kept her going, she could focus on music. That's the only part of her brain that made sense. Because when people spoke, it made no sense. When she spoke, it made no sense. She couldn't communicate. But that emotional aspect of the music, she could understand it. So, wow. so there are definitely different parts of the brain that uh, music hits harder. It's not, it's not necessarily communicating something that could be communicated with words. That's oh, a true story. I watched this thing on OETA one time that was about like uh the effect that music has like on your brain or whatever. And there was a guy on this on this deal that they were interviewing who had Tourette's, like I think it was Tourette's. Pretty sure that's what it was. But anyway, he had like Tourette's really bad and like when he was a kid like he would just like you know, he had this like twitch that he had to do and like there were there were times when like the uh I don't know what you call it, like the, the tick was like so bad that he would like get down on the ground. And you know that thing that Angus Young does where he like lays down on his side and like runs in a circle, like on his <laughs> yeah. side? Like he would do that like in the floor, but he'd be like crying because like he didn't want to do it. But if like he tried to keep himself from ticking, like the worse it got. And like they interviewed his mom on there and his mom was talking about how like when he was a kid, he would be like crying, like and like going through these like ticks or whatever. And, like, she wanted to help him, but she couldn't. Like, she didn't know what to do for him or whatever. And then, like, one day he was watching this drummer on TV. And, like, he wanted to, like, play the drums. Like, he wanted to do the drums or whatever. So his mom got out, like, pots and pans. And he, like, he would bang on the pots and pans. And then, like, they gave him, like, a little, like, toy drum set because he was, like, really interested in it. Real quick, I just want to say that proves my point that drummers are spazzes. Okay, that's, that's all. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Every single one of them. <laughs> that's not true. Ha! Okay, anyways. <laughs> it's not true. But, uh, but anyway, so like he, he really got into drums and like he noticed that like when he was in that rhythm, just like, 
beating on the drums like in rhythm or whatever, like he quit ticking. Like he I quit. Think it's a focused energy. I like, I totally get that. Cause well, my mom took me to the doctor because she thought I had ticks or not like, uh, not yeah. bugs, but bug. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, uh, like, like, like this boy who had ticks. Like I had this rhythm in my head and I couldn't get out of my system. I would just, you know, patting on my legs and like, Doing stuff, moving yeah. my body, like I had so so much energy, and like I had. Oh, so this it. actually happened. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were using it, like just saying an example. No, no, no. This is for real. My mom took me to the doctor for this crap, and uh, the doctor was like, "Well, I guess he's kind of fine. He just needs to chill." And luckily, she wasn't like the other doctors. Who was like, "He just needs Ritalin. He needs to be put on some medication." Like, uh, and my dad was like, "I know what he needs. He needs to work." And so I, I kind of <laughs> sounds about right. That's such a dad response. That's an Oklahoma dad well, response. You look yeah. like you need something to do. Are you bored? I hate to say Let's it, but lift I, these fifty pound bags of cement, dude. He was dead right. Like yeah. he would wear me out. I would go out and help him cut limbs, trim trees, and paint the house and do all this stuff. I was freaking tired. And yeah. eventually, like he put me into sports. He put me into karate. He, uh, you know, focused me on my education. Like, I was always doing something. I really didn't have any free time and uh, really haven't had a problem with it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. There's a, the guy that invented the term, uh, the psychological term, like the puer eternus. Am I pronouncing that right? I don't like know. The eternal th- child or whatever. I don't know, man. Um, PSJ talks a lot about the inner child, but. Uh, there, okay, I'm probably gonna butcher this, but like, there's a psychological thing, principle, I don't know what you call it, theory, whatever, anyway, but it's like, basically when a guy is like, um. You're talking about the polar eternus? Not polar. It's like P-U-E-R. P-U-E-R, okay, go ahead. Um, basically, like, he's afraid of commitment, like, um, what is it, like, his, uh, the people he, like, looks for in his spouse is, like, typically just, like, another mom, like, someone else who can, like, help raise him. Like, that's who he's typically, like, attracted to. Someone who has their stuff together, so, like, he doesn't have to have his stuff together, basically. Like, so a sugar mama. Yeah, kind of. But it's, like, a guy who, like, refuses to grow up, kind of. And, like, the dude who, like, coined the term, like, somebody asked him, like, what? Okay, so how do you fix it? And he's, like, hard work. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. That was Carl Young, yeah. by the way. Yeah, it probably, yeah, that makes sense. Young or Jung? Jung. But yeah, so like, I think, I don't know, that's interesting to me. But yeah, the dude that like played drums or whatever to like fix his, Mm -hmm. or not fix, but like. Focus. Yeah. To. Treat? Remedy. Yeah, treat, I guess. His like Tourette's problem, like they like went down into his basement and he had like two or three drum sets down there that were like different like drum sets and like they showed him playing drums. And like he just had this like constant tick where he would like kind of roll his head to one side and like twitch his shoulder. And like the whole time he was sitting there just like talking or whatever, he would just like sit there and do that. And then like, but once he was on the drums, he just like, he just looked normal. Just like, Mm -hmm. once he got in that rhythm, like he was good. It was amazing. Have you seen that video? It's of, uh, them doing like music therapy on these elderly people. Ah, I love that video. Like, it's his, it's his old man. I cried so much. He's like, I don't know how old he's in his like late 70s, 80s. He's in his 90s. Oh, he's, he's old. But he has like, what did he have? He had, um, Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. And And uh, he was, he had, um, heavy locked in syndrome. Okay. Oh, man. But like they said that most, what is that? Catatonic. He's catatonic. catatonic. Like you just he just he just wouldn't respond. Like he's unresponsive, just physically. Like that Robin Williams movie, dude. That is such a crazy good movie. Awakenings. Yeah, I don't know that one. 
It's a good movie. Look it up. Robert but, De Niro, but, Rob Williams. Uh, anyway, they, they were, you know, like they said that most times, you know, they wouldn't respond. They wouldn't do anything like him and a few other these other patients. They just sit there. You know, they'd roll them out, you know, to like a window and let them look out. And, but they would never get any response. But they started like this this group of like college students, wasn't it? Yep. Like, doing some research. They clinical research students. Yeah, they found out like you know the you know the type of music that they liked when they were younger and stuff, and they just loaded up an iPod with it, and like they put it on, and then like he would just start like like moving like he was dancing, and he'd like you know hum and make noise along <laughs> with the so music, cool. and then after they took it off, like took the music away for like five or ten minutes. Well, it was longer than that. Like it, it was, was like, a good thirty minutes. Yeah, like afterwards, he w- he wasn't like f- super responsive, but he was like. Like, they ask him questions, and he'd answer, like, what do you think of the music? Oh, I love the music. You know, I love, you know, it just takes me back. I remember all this. You know, you guys got good music here. And he was way more responsive than he was before. That is so crazy cool. He would eventually go back to his catatonic state. But they started doing that on an everyday basis. And they saw it wasn't a huge improvement because they did it's not a cure for for it. But it definitely improved his state. It's amazing how... Putting the mind in the proper state can increase its health and increase its longevity in its healthy state. Just like same thing with the body, same thing with your social life, same thing with your spiritual life. Putting it in the right place, in the proper place. And there's different parts. Like if you just work out your upper body all the time, well, you probably need to work out your legs. Just like with your mind, I feel like (laughs) – you know, your legs you're, just steal pump blood from your biceps. That's exactly right. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Uh, for your mind, if you constantly work on analytics, but you forget to enjoy things, like I think you're you're actually inhibiting your brain function. Like you think you're really super working out, but you need that rest time, you need that relaxation, you need to do your stretches, you need to do your massages to keep it going. Like part of being healthy is being happy. And I I saw just a little quick thing somebody posted on Facebook about this lady who uh, she's 51 years old and she's a health guru and she's all about (laughs) the typical veggies. And Josh, you know exactly what I'm talking talking about. about. I read the article on them. Whether it's – anyways. And then there was this other lady who was the same age, 51. She was a cook and she liked to eat her delicious sweets. Well, yeah. Well, okay, she, but I mean, I think she was a healthy individual as well, but she, she didn't stress it all the time. Like she gave her, she gave into the reward system. And I mean, they looked worlds apart physically. The health guru was just really looked like she was about like 70 or 80 years old. She's a holistic healer is what she is. And she's a, um, like a third level vegan and a bunch of other stuff. Third level vegan? Yeah, there's levels of vegan. What kind of powers do you get? Like I'm a third degree vegan. I don't know what that means. You get an extra two skill points. X-ray vision. (laughs) No, that's what... Never mind. I was about to go Scott Pilgrim. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what I thought of as soon as you said that. I didn't realize there were levels of veganism. Yeah. Well, okay. Really pretentious vegans say that there are levels. Most people are just like vegan. Anyway, continue. The thing that I think is so funny about veganism is that scientists have said that what really helped the human species expand and grow is we figured out how to cook stuff. Because that unlocks so many more nutrients yeah. in specific foods. And vegans go against cooking food. They just eat raw. That's, well, there's a difference that's between a vegan and a whole foodist. Because there are vegan. I know lots of vegans and they okay, cook they A cook third their degree vegan is all about eating everything raw that's raw. Like you don't cook. Anything. I don't eat anything that casts a shadow. 
I don't know about that. That's like an eighth level. That's from The Simpsons. Never mind. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Anyway, have you guys ever heard of? Have you ever heard of Rich Roll? No. He was on the the J Row podcast. Never gonna give you up. Uh, (laughs) But he's like a world class. Like he does like Ironman competitions and like he's like just a world class endurance athlete. And if you ever just type in Rich Roll on Google Images, sometimes and like he's like the freaking ideal human form, like. He's like a Greek god. Yeah. Well, he's not like bulked up, but he's like shredded and just like super healthy looking. Anyway, like sexy. He's a sexy man. Is he hairless too? I could never get that hairless thing down. You know. Is he hairless? Like the Greek gods? Uh, not not quite. I don't know. We're we're going into a lot of detail, but (laughs) I see what you're saying. He's not. He's not like comfortable with the direction this conversation is taking. No, I'm looking at him. You're right. He's like not overly muscular, but he's very like. He's a triangle. He is. Here you go, Chase. You can look at him. Like the instrument? Yes, like the instrument. Yeah. He's hollow in the center. He's just a tall, skinny guy. But he's a hundred percent vegan. Like he doesn't eat any animal, anything. And like, does he supplement? No, like Whole Foods. So he spends a crap load of money on food yeah, all that's the time. Expensive. Yeah, definitely. Like if he didn't, if he wasn't an athlete for a living, like I don't think he could afford to do that. But anyway, like. I, he was on the, the J Row podcast and it's like in the two hundreds, I want to say it's like two sixty something, two sixty eight, two sixty six maybe. For what? Cause like all the Joe Rogan podcasts are numbered. Oh, number okay, okay. I was like, he's a pretty skinny dude. He's not weighing up in the two sixties there. No, 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 no. Gotcha. No. Well he did it one time, but he lost a bunch of weight. Like when he when he Like Jared from Subway. When he started eating how he eats now, he like lost a bunch of weight and Anyway, he's like awesome, but it was really interesting hearing what he had to say because like most athletes are not vegan. One of my favorite lines from How I Met Your Mother um, is when Ted is dating a vegan girl and he orders a steak <laughs> and she says, I wish I could turn off that little voice in my head that says meat is murder, but I guess I'm not as strong as you. And he goes, that's because you need protein. <laughs> and I laughed that's, that's so really hard. Good. The thing about animal protein is it makes it so much easier because, like, you know that the uh, amino acid profile is going to be, like, awesome. It's complete. Like, yeah, well, you're not missing any amino acids. Like, you just freaking eat it. Like, you there just are it. ten essential amino acids. If you don't get those, then you're not a fully healthy individual. So it's really, really, really difficult to be vegan and get a, the essential amino acids. You can do it. It's very possible. I guess that dude proves it. But... It's freaking hard. Also, it's really hard to get your essential B vitamins, especially B12, which you get from red meat. Also, delicious. Well, some of, I mean, you guys all know Natalie and listeners. We have a friend named Natalie who's vegan and she does it because I didn't realize she was vegan. Well, she has to be because of her, um, the illnesses that she has. Interesting. And that's one of the things that and constantly working out, um, are the things that have turned her around, like from being really sickly, um, to being quite healthy. Dude, I think if you do it right, so she it's be really it, good yeah. for you. She does it right. It's I think, a, like you said, it's expensive and yeah. it's difficult. You have to get a very well balanced diet, as in you have to have a huge variety of foods to uh, get your complete nutrition and discipline. It takes well, heavy yeah. discipline and like and a love for vegetables. And if you're like I lifting weights, like if you're trying to like be you know muscular and stuff, like you gotta eat some calories. Like, eat a sweet potato. Muscles eat calories. I love sweet potatoes. Like, that's a fact. Like, you have to eat enough calories, you have to eat enough protein. But I think, like, eating enough calories is just as important as eating enough protein. But, uh, oh, this is turning into, like, nutrition, which I'm definitely not an expert on. 
but it's okay. Honest, Nobody the, is. Trust me. World That's true. Nutritionists aren't expert on nutrition. So. Oh, and I was saying like to get enough calories and be vegan, it's like it's a lot easier to be like a junk vegan. Like you so, can eat uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all the time and yeah. call yourself a vegan, and like that doesn't mean you're any healthier than anybody else. Do they not put eggs in bread? What? No. Oh, I don't know. I don't Dang, know. Maybe they put it in cake. Cake is like cake, bread. Cake. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put some grape jelly on some See, cake. See, I'm not a nutrition expert. I'm a vegan. <laughs> grape, grape jelly cake. You heard it here first, folks. Oh, wow. That's that not a bad good. idea, though. That actually sounds kind of tasty, a grape jelly cake. I Peanut gear, butter jelly cake. There's a grape jelly cake. That sounds like something that you could get in Britain. Peanut butter jelly cake. Some kind of <laughs> jam cake. cake. Uh, dude, who was that guy who said, I'm going to put some jelly on my peanut butter because that dude is my hero? Genius. Same guy who did chocolate on peanut butter. Reese's? I was about no, to say I have that. no idea. I'm just. Is it spe- Reese? Speculate. Peanut butter chocolate, peanut butter jelly. We're actually else? looking up a bread recipe. I honey? Don't... Have you ever mixed honey into peanut butter? Oh, yeah. oh so my goodness. Peanut butter and banana. Peanut bu- oh, God. Peanut so butter maybe we honey. can all get under the umbrella that George Washington Peanut butter Nutella. Was awesome. Yes, he was. Greatest American. Bless that man. Dude, that, that's <laughs> one of the most inspiring soul. people for real. He was like he completely really. self-educated, taught himself. He wasn't completely self-educated, but he taught himself to read. He also invented the pencil sharpener. Yeah, he invented a lot of awesome And the cotton stuff. gin. Didn't he Dude, invent like, he okay, maybe I'm going Thought down so. a limb. George Washington Carver? I don't know no, if he invented he the cotton gin. Didn't he do the cotton gin? No, that was, uh. No. Who was no. that? That was Eli Whitney. Eli Whitney. That was Eli Whitney. Gosh, was, that's the only that thing I know. So about Eli racist, Whitney. Josh. How oh is that racist? God. That's not racist. It's a it's an invention. I agree, Chase. That was <laughs> racist, Josh. <laughs> How is that racist? Josh is a racist. Anyways, no, George Washington Carver you heard it first. was a dude. He he asked God. He's like, "Tell me the secrets of the universe." And he said that in his. What are you guys thinking? I'm just leaning forward, listening. Oh, I have okay. not heard this. There are no eggs in bread. Dude, okay, so Boom! He wanted to know the uh, mysteries of the universe. Chase? And God said to him, this is what he said, that there's no way. He's like, don't even think you can understand this universe. And so he's like, fine. Help me understand the peanut. This little tiny peanut. He said, fine. George Washington Carver had over 300 inventions for the peanut itself. Yeah. Dude is inspirational for sure. Probably Jimmy Carter's hero. Peanut butter. Jelly peanut time. oil. <laughs> yeah, peanut oil, dude. Made Chick-fil-A peanut possible. Brittle. Peanut oil, chicken time. Peanut I don't know if he invented it. I'm just saying, because we're saying peanut products. I want some peanut brittle. Didn't he, like, serve... All right, this might be a legend, I don't know, but, like, I heard... The a legend st- of George Washington Carver. That dude is Mr. legendary. Peanut butter. But, like, there was... There's a thing where he, like, served these people a meal... And, like, everything was made out of peanuts or was, like, related to peanuts somehow. And, like, it blew their mind when they found out because, like, it was all, like, so different and, like, I don't uh-huh. remember. I heard that, though. I like I'm, I'm going with it. I'm going to say that's true. Peanuts are really good. They are. They are good. And if you're a vegan and you're looking to get in some calories, peanuts are an awesome way to do it. High calorie. Lots of fat, lots of carbs, lots of protein. How do yeah. al- how kind of like honey. How do almonds Macros are where that? calories come from. What? How do almonds fit in that? Because I prefer almonds. Almonds are high calorie too. Love almonds. Are they? I straight up ate like six, like it was like eight hundred calories of almonds one time, and like I didn't even realize what I was doing. It's a lot of almonds. I, yeah, I bought some of. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I 
I bought some of those wasabi. Have you ever had those like oh, wasabi, wasabi soy, sauce? soy sauce? Those are yeah. so good. The blue blue diamond, I think it's human. Man. They make it. There's probably blue diamond make makes it. some products. And they have those man. like yeah. the, the smokehouse ones and like the habanero ones. Yes, sir. Those are so good. I ate a whole bag of those wasabi soy sauce ones because they're just delicious and you and don't I, even think about up, it. Up until like two weeks ago, I had a five pound bag of them in my desk at work that I just snack on occasionally. That'd have been like two those, days. Those and craisins. Craisins, yeah. I think, craisins are good. I think almonds are pretty low carb. So if you're into that thing, then almonds or are super low carb. But I like did the math on how many calories I ate and I was blown away. It was like 800 calories or something like that. It's it okay, Nathan. Not amount. all calories are made the same. Yeah. Right? Okay. So, so you know how like the, the three uh, categories that they have is like lipids and carbs and uh, protein? Yeah. So lipids are nine gram or nine calories per gram, and then proteins and carbs are. But your body uses the calories completely differently. Right. They they use them completely different. So they're supposed to be four calories per gram, but they're trying to redefine, uh, specifically beef as like, like just the, just the, uh, just the protein portion of it, not necessarily the fatty portion of it. Like red meat. Protein, they want to change it to 3.5 calories per gram because your body has to work to digest it. So you're actually putting energy in to get some out. So you have to expend energy first. And I think that happens a lot with uh, different foods. And we're just now discovering a lot about nutrition. Nutrition is definitely in its infancy. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Agree. I'd agree with that. So, so right now. Because I'm an expert. No, it's true. Because that's why you have 300 different experts air quotes out there all saying a different thing that works and like most of them don't work but definitely got to eat though no they all work that's the thing there's a million diets out there but every single one of them works that's why when you're choosing one you got to just stick the one that you can stick to they don't necessarily aren't they're not necessarily healthy do you guys remember the taco bell diet no i do i haven't heard yeah they had like this in the store they had the cardboard cutout of the chick that like lost weight eating taco bell and then like in fine print at the bottom of the cardboard cutout it was like this is not necessarily results not typical diet blah 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 yeah well yeah if you if you only eat two i remember that small things from taco bell for each meal so six things a day you're getting like 1500 calories that's a diet because you're you're really not getting much food anyways it's like those people who take hcg hormone it's some hormone that pregnant chicks get and it's anyways it's complicated what i'm getting at is they're like take hcg and only eat 500 calories a day you'll lose so much weight and they sell hcg this way i'm like yeah because you're starving yourself. You're only eating Your body 500 calories mode. a day. Um, well, you guys all have heard of, you know, um, Morgan Spurlock's, uh, McDonald's Supersize yeah. Me documentary. Yeah. Have you ever watched Fathead, the counter argument to that no, show? Sure have. So it's, he's a comedian. He's, he's a terrible comedian. Um, he's not very funny, but he basically Jamie decided, Kennedy. He's very, <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. He's not that bad. that dude. Shots fired. This guy is, uh, you heard it, Jamie Kennedy. Come and get me. He's, he's a, he's a libertarian. He's very into like, uh, nutrition and stuff, but he's also a comedian and a writer and a bunch of other stuff. But basically, Any comedian that's into nutrition is not going to be funny. Right. Um, but what, but what he does, I don't know. Joe Rogan's Case into, in Joe Rogan's into nutrition and he's pretty funny. He is pretty funny. Anyway, I so, miss John Panetta. but he what does he, psychedelics. He cheats. <laughs> he cheats. <laughs> he does nootropics. Um, it's like steroids for humor. It is. So anyway, <laughs> what this guy did is he did a bunch of research on Morgan Spurlock's, um, you know, 30 days, uh, supersize me study. And he eventually says like, look, he didn't release his food journal. 
um, which he still hasn't, by the way. Um, he wouldn't release a bunch of stuff, and he thought he faked a lot of the footage, like having the heart attack in the middle of the night and all that stuff. And so what he did is he's like, I'm only going to eat McDonald's for 30 days, and I'm going to lose weight. And he does. Um, he just kept his diet to... Did he supersize it every time they asked him? No, because he said that was stupid. <laughs> well, yeah. He's, um, he's not proving. What is he proving? I don't plus, understand. He's they proving don't, they that don't ask anymore. They don't ask it. Well, they don't ask because of the because of the documentary. Yeah. But what his point was that if you're intelligent, you could live off of McDonald's and be fine because an intelligent person well, doesn't have to say yes every time you say supersize me. Yeah. Um, and his I what he would, would do is he he kept to a 1300 calorie diet. Um, 1300. Yeah, he was obese at the beginning of it also, by the way, um, t- clinically, not, he didn't look obese. That's like a 85 pound woman. Yeah, it was a 2000 dollar. I don't know. 1300. This was college when I watched this. But essentially, he, you know, he watched his calories and he exercised every day and he lost weight and he was in better health when his f- final physical came than when he started. Um, and he saved a bunch of money because he had just gone to McDonald's instead of going to the store. Dude, exercise will do that. It's fascinating that you can eat crappy and still be healthy. Well, if you don't semi healthy, you can be semi healthy if you exercise and eat crappy because being physically active regulates your hormones, which Increases helps insulin sensitivity. Yeah, which also regulates the the other parts of your body, keeping your uh, you know cholesterol at a healthy level, keeping your sodium at a healthy level, just pretty much keeping your body going. You know, getting things in and getting things out. Have you ever heard of a guy named C. T. Fletcher? Uh, yeah, it's a familiar name. C.T. Fletcher was a powerlifter. Yeah, uh, no, you told me about him. Back when he was competing, he, he could bench like 700-something pounds. Jeez, and likes, I wish I could squat that much. Well, he, yeah, he squatted like, I think he also squatted like 700-something pounds, so like... I don't com- want to squat that Comparatively, <laughs> his, his squat was actually kind of weak. If you look at his bench and how much he weighed and stuff... I'm not. I'm not saying I can bench seven hundred pounds, <laughs> but like, what a weak comparative. Like you compare him to other people. Anyway, like he was ridiculously strong, and he could like, okay, like I saw this video of him like in this competition where he's like, I don't know how many powerlifting competitions have a curl like competition, but you put your back huh. up against the wall, like your heel is your butt and your back up against the wall, and then you like strict curl as much weight as you can. <sighs> yep. He strict curled two hundred and twenty five pounds. Good oh lord, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is insane. C.T. Fletcher is a freaking beast. But like, okay, so back in the day when he was like competing in powerlifting and stuff, he would eat, uh, four Big Macs, four large fries, and two large milkshakes at McDonald's for lunch every day. And he did what for lunch? Yeah. Yeah. So he was was like a 5,000 calorie meal. He wasn't cut, I bet, but he was no. strong. No, but he wasn't like su- you imagine somebody that eats that to be like because he was on steroids. You're not going to get super yeah. fat on steroids. It, that reminds me, like, but he had triple bypass surgery. He died like three times on the operating table, and, oh. and now he's like super cut and fit. Dude, and, so like, he defeated death three times. Yeah. Anyway, that's why I, I just wanted to say that there, wow. there was this. I mean, has anybody ever seen the show Man vs. Food? I'm sure they have. Oh yeah. Like he was at this one restaurant where they're like down the street from like one of the like country's foremost like powerlifting like gyms or whatever and they had like a burger it was called like the schwarzenegger or something and it was like a like a four meat patty with like cheese and onions and stuff and it was like massive and he talked about like they get those guys coming in there all the time for lunch and ordering that yeah i mean get all your protein and get your calories for the month (laughs) dude have you have you guys heard the term superfoods yeah Yeah. who hasn't avocado Okay, well, I just saying superfoods, but that term gets thrown around. Krill oil, yeah, it gets thrown around a little too much. But onions, 
has one of the rarest phytochemicals that there is. Like you can pretty much only get it in onions. Phy- okay, what phytochemicals is? It's not a yeah. vitamin. It's not a mineral. So people must most people know what minerals is. A vitamin is a uh, a nutritious uh, organic product that you can't that your body doesn't make. Yeah. So you have to eat that. But a phytochemical is a a, a smaller organic substance. Like organics is really really complex. You can make almost an infinite amount of organics, and that's what the rest of your fruit and vegetables are made of is these phytochemicals. And we're finding out that there are hundreds of them and that you, these are also uh, becoming essential. Uh, nutritionists are finding out to just know, they thought you just needed calories, vitamins and minerals is what they were essentially sticking to before. And now they're finding out with uh, all of our abilities to uh, process uh, proteins and process and separate other parts of, plants is that these smaller nutrients really help your body to regulate its hormones. Yeah. It, it's kind of similar to uh, people thought uh, elements were the basic building blocks of the world. And then they found out that, well, these elements are made up of lots of smaller subatomic particles. So it's, it's, a decent analogy, but they're saying that they're just discovering more and more things that your body needs to survive, which I think is part of our problem in America. We're not regulating our hormones properly because yeah, we eat so I much processed food. Well, no, because we're getting so it's taking out all those phytochemicals, and we're getting all these hormones that our bodies aren't meant to have. Also, that's no, that's the, true too. That's an interesting. Like, uh, we statement. aren't. There's several hormones, like in processed chicken um, that you get from like just like if you buy a pre-cooked chicken or something. Um, there's just so many things in there that your body's not meant to have. And I know it's a quick and easy thing to get, um, but macros, macros, macros. Kids, especially girls starting puberty at like seven years old. Yeah. Too early, man. And then people blame milk. And I'm like, no, dude, it's because you're giving them chicken nuggets from like, it doesn't even matter which restaurant. Like, I'm not going to say names, but there was a family I knew and their 10 year old son every day for lunch would eat a 20 piece chicken nugget meal super size that sounds delicious because that's all Dude, he would I want eat that right now <laughs> that's all he would eat okay it wasn't every day but it was like five out of seven days a yeah. week and that's that's terrible for you so Dude, terrible with a the large coat kid like that's so many calories like well i mean well we, just the fact that it's super processed yeah like is. you get these super you get white starch you get this uh excrement chicken and then you get this Coca-Cola, which is just so much sugar in it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a you're reason. You're not getting any nutrients. All you're getting is your macros. There's no nutrients whatsoever. There's a reason why the U.S. is like number 10, or in the top 10 most obese countries in the world. Is it? Is it like number two? No, yeah. we're actually pretty low down on the, on the, the top England, 10. England, I think, better? is fatter than us, actually. Mexico is the, is the number one. Yeah. What? Um, Mexico? And then there's a slew. Oh, their surveys are so good, though. Also, there's several Polynesian islands that are way worse than us. Huh. Um, I, I, I would have never guessed. I, I could I could see that. The po- why the Polynesian Islands, though? Because because it's, we've it's, been eating bread forever. White people have been eating bread and drinking beer. And like all these things you're talking about, we've been eating forever. Says you, white boy. No, but what he's saying is there's... You have a beer in your hand right now. It's a lack of nutrition. It was it a is. racial you're, thing. You're also what I like pretty to eat white. Very white. Anyway. Darker so, than you fools. 
Yeah, you are. But there's a reason why. <laughs> but we're pretty white. <laughs> are you calling me ugly white? What? Uh, you're ugly and you're white. I'm not saying you're ugly white. That sounds racist. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Continue, Josh. There's a reason why the U.S. has an epidemic of obesity in children. Um, is because we, we don't give them proper nutrition. We, we subsidize all of our school nutrition, all of our school, like, health programs and food programs to companies. The same companies that provide food to prisoners will provide it to our students. Um, well, why are prisoners rips and students fat? Because students don't spend all day working out. Because there's only three things to do. Um, um, I read an interesting article one time that was talking about like bodybuilding in prisons, and it was fascinating because they have to like steal the food to like get yeah. that bulked. Like, there's this. Uh, you mean right. yoked? The if, proper term is yoked. I don't want to derail you, so if you need to keep going, that's my new rapper going? name, Derail. No, you're good. All right, I don't want to like. I okay, I didn't just. Want, I'll whatever. bring it back. I didn't want to. Okay, you're not a rapper, Chase. What are we gonna say, Nate? You don't like that? Oh, no, he, he, he was. He and me were having a silent conversation. Yeah, I like it. Go ahead. Nathan. Okay. <laughs> anyway, like, there's, for instance, like one of the things that you eat in prison that's like pretty common is this white fish that like comes in a can, but it's like just pure protein, basically. There's no oh, yeah. fat in it, and like that is like one of the like he was saying that like in his at least in his prison and like probably in other prisons too that like that was one of the most like highest demand items for like the bodybuilders or whatever and like the guys that were working in the kitchen would like steal it when nobody was looking and then like sell it or like trade it for like other stuff or whatever so like they would get the stuff like it was like this there's like a whole black market like nutrition yeah. market like in the prison where this guy was at and he was saying that like um another thing was uh what are the it's like a super dense calorie shake uh what's it called it's not slim fast no, no. Some what that, what does that make sense? Muscle milk? Like, I don't know. I just think not. Mu- it's not a. It's not a protein shake. Calories slim fast. I drank it one right. time when I had mono because I was losing a ton of weight. Uh, Nutrisystem. Maybe I'll think of it later. I don't remember. But Seth, what what was that stuff that Rachel had to take? It comes in a red can. Insure. Insure. No, oh. It wasn't insure. Not insure. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember what it was called. It doesn't matter. Just finish your point. Anyway, it's <laughs> like, anyway, like the, the, the inmates that had AIDS, like they would lose weight really bad. They had a hard time keeping their weight up and like they would drink that and they would like trade it to the bodybuilders for like other stuff, cigarettes or whatever they wanted. And the bodybuilders would drink that to like get their calories up or whatever. And it was so fascinating, like learning about like the, the, the like new black market nutrition that like yeah. the prisoners would do. I could never be in prison in. because I hate lying. Just, just, I hate that feeling of like, Oh my God, I got to think of something else to like cover this lie. And it's just so much effort. It's just laziness. Like, it's yeah, funny. yeah. That's exactly I'm too lazy what. to lie. <laughs> right. I was just like, I just want to tell the truth. So you just get over it quicker, you yeah. know, cause you're going to find out eventually. <laughs> I, I try to live my life just under the assumption that like people are going to find out about whatever I'm trying to hide. That away. It's a pretty good assumption. That away, like whatever you do, like you just assume that people know about it and then just like, Either you just do it or you don't. But anyway, that's a different conversation for. They say the best liars are people that you think are terrible liars. So I think that's funny. So are you calling me a really good liar? I don't know. What am I saying? You might be. Um, Going back to what Nathan said a little while ago about the guy that did the the back to the wall curls. Back when Chase and I were doing um, arms like really steadily, which we're trying to get back into, we're doing pretty good. We missed this weekend because I had to work. Dude, I've gained ten pounds in three weeks. (laughs) 
since I was unemployed. Now I'm employed again, so it'll probably uh, decline. But because uh, we were working out nonstop when you were unemployed. Well, yeah, I mean, you we were doing more than I was, and then I would continue. That to work is out the number one fitness secret. Don't have a job. <laughs> Quit your job and work out, everybody. You heard it here. Go first. to prison. Um, but <laughs> no, when he and I were doing it, we were we got up to like we we're doing thirty pound buddy curls. Buddy curls where you go to fifteen, you count down. One of you goes down, one goes up. So it's like 15, 14, 15, 13, 15 to one, one, and then one to fifteen. Yeah, you alternate. And we were doing thirty pounds, and we decided we're with gonna, the arm blaster. So it was like a perfect curl every it time. It was. But you still the get a belt with like the little wings on yeah, it. The no yeah, no rocking. You have an arm blaster? Yeah, dude, we dude, have an yeah, arm blaster. It's in my garage dude, right now. That's that's rad. It's, I've never I, used one before. I love it. You should come do arms with us one day, and you'll be sore. Um, but Nightmare. yeah, nah. we were doing thirty pounds, um, doing that, and we decided one day that we we're gonna do like straight back against the wall. We got up to thirty-five. We did get up to thirty-five, didn't we? Yeah, God, we were beasts. Yeah. Anyway, we decided we we're gonna like back against the wall and do it, and we started like we're just, you know there's no rock in that. You can't sway to help your body move, and. uh we were doing fine for a little bit, but then eventually we got to where we were like, and you can't see me listeners, but I'm like shaking as I try and lift it. And we realized that like we were using a lot more body momentum than we thought we were just to get that, yeah, yeah, get that lift. True. There's just a little bit of momentum, just enough to help you get it to the very top. Yep. And, and you don't, you don't notice it until you don't have it anymore. And then it's just so difficult. One good way to get rid of that is just slow the rep down. It's true. Like it's true five too. seconds up, five seconds down. Ugh, that man. Way. Ooh, we were you'll about- learn something about yourself. You'll have a religious experience. God <laughs> will come talk to you. <laughs> we were talking about stretches earlier, how you're supposed to, you know, it's so difficult to stretch your muscles. Part of what you do to stretch your muscles while you work out is slow it down. So on the, uh, on the flex, you go really fast. But on the, uh, I don't know what the opposite of the flex is, the relaxation, like if you're doing bench. It would be the you- extension. The extension, you'd go up uh, really fast, but on the relaxation for bench, you'll go down like five seconds and then explode. This is supposed to lengthen your muscle while strengthening it at the same time because you're you're flexing on the way down because you have to keep it up. But just enough where when you get down to the bottom, when your muscle is at its maximum length, it's flexed and it's stretched. Yeah. Well, just range of motion, like we, making sure that you're like going through the whole motion. We were doing uh, that like, exact workout. You do squats, go ass to grass. <laughs> True. We were doing that exact workout the other day, Chase and I, where it was supposed to be five seconds up, five seconds down. And this fool was doing like 15 seconds up and then holding it for about 10 seconds and then doing 15 seconds down. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just doing the five seconds up. I'm like, no, you're not. What are you, how are you counting? Like, one. <laughs> I was trying was, to do it right. You were taking so long, <laughs> which is good. I mean, he's, you know, he's going to benefit from that, but it was like way longer than necessary. I thought the opposite of you. I counted five seconds and I did five seconds. I'm just saying. <laughs> Mike Mincer, who's like one of my heroes, uh, like, okay, when I say that, I feel like I have to qualify. Keep going. The people who like, I really look up, like Moneyball, I freaking love the movie Moneyball. No, okay, we're just going to cut this out real quick because... I was just telling you to watch out when Seth comes back in so he closes the door. Moneyball. Mike Mincer, who uh, is one of my heroes, he was a bodybuilder back in like the golden age of bodybuilding, some people call it, like back in the days of like Arnold Schwarzenegger and like Franco Columbus. Or... Like, uh, yeah. It was like, it was more like the 60s and 70s, I think. Good Lord, is, is he that old? 
Who? Arnold Schwarzenegger? All of them. He, yeah. I think like the 70s Jordan was Jordan like... Was no. No, he was not. Yeah, 60s maybe. That would make him like like 80 years old. But Mike Mincer, like, he like was competing. Um, I remember like one of the times he came closest to becoming Mr. Olympia, he got like second or third. It was like the last time that Arnold Schwarzenegger competed. So he kind of came in at like yeah. the the ass end of, of all that while it was happening and stuff. And like the dude is my hero, but he's my hero because like the people that I like I really respect and look up to are the people who like do it their own way. Like no one else is doing it the way they're doing it, yeah. but they like just commit to it and they like make it work. Even if they don't go all the way. Like in the movie Moneyball, like Billy Bean, like he does it his own way. Like he doesn't win the pennant. But he gets so close doing it his own way. Like yeah, he just yeah. commits to the way he's going to do it, and it you know it works out. To Wasn't it the extent. next year that they won the World Series, though? I don't know. Pretty sure it was. I just remember in the movie they were like they won like twenty games straight or something, right. which is like they like set a record. They're for in that. the transition period, so I feel like you know the next year is usually when you get your uh, is the is the money maker. Yeah. But I don't think Mike Mincer ever won the Olympia, but he went, got like second or third, which to me, like at that level, they all look the same. And like, not only yeah. that, but like, since they all look the same, they just give it to the incumbent, like whoever that's won it always last is year. The incumbent, yeah. Yeah. That's why like everyone who like wins Mr. Olympia will win it for like five or six years straight. It's like the four hour body. You know, yeah. It's like you get a, man, what is that percentages that it's it like always eighty eighty 80% of the results for 20% of the effort. It's crazy. Yeah. And that was Mike Minster's thing. Like, he would train once a week for like 45 minutes. And like, Arnold Schwarzenegger was training for like three hours every day. Like, Dude, and I gotta I figure out what he was doing. Because if I could train for 45 minutes a day per week and look like him, I would totally do it. No, well, he wait. was on steroids and his nutrition was perfect and he was genetically inclined uh, yeah. and predisposed. You know, like just like everyone else, but his training Favored method was by different. God and everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like where I was going with that is really simple, and I don't even know why I went on the tirade that I just went on. But I was just gonna say that like he took his reps. I think his reps were like three seconds up, three seconds down, or like five seconds up, five seconds down. He took it super slow, and it was like one set per exercise, one working set. Well, I know exercise. Chase and I have just been doing three days a week um, for the last what probably month. Well, together, yeah. I don't know what you've been doing because I've been doing. I do cardio when I'm not working with you. So okay, I've been doing another two days of the same type of workout. So I've been doing five out of seven. Okay. Well, I just noticed like I do pictures because I don't. I get discouraged if I don't. Like I'll take pictures of myself, you know, progressively. And I just know like I've gained so much more muscle mass. Like I haven't lost a lot of weight. Um, but I'm starting, I'm finally starting to see that definition through the pudginess that is Josh. Um, so if I keep it up, I think I'm, I think by like midsummer, I should be pretty good. No, I feel you though, because I, I, I mean, I can't personally notice. I think that's because we're in it. And we're looking at ourselves every day, so it's yeah. hard to see a change day by day. But if you're somebody else who doesn't see somebody, you know, in their current state all the time, like if you look at them, you can see the difference. And yeah. Samantha, my wife, was saying, I was like, yeah, you look more tone and everything. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then I went and weighed myself. I was like, I want to see what the heck is going on. I gained 10 pounds. It's good. Which is good. I was like, well, I hope it's all muscle. So no, I, I, if I mean, I'm looking more tone, it has to be all muscle. So it has to be muscle. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, but you know, I do the 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 pictures because I can't not. If I don't, I just feel like I'm always fat, <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm not making any progress. Why am I even doing this? I can feel the progress. I, I guess I don't go by 
like look. I go by feel when it comes to working out. Mm-hmm. Like I can do this. Like I can do the cardio workout. I can do the weightlifting workout. It's just about I'm trying to get to the point where I can do it and not want to punch somebody after I'm done. If that makes any sense to anybody. There's no. some people out there listening that say, when I work out, I want to fight somebody because it pisses me off. I, I do not feel that way. Yeah, I feel I so good. I feel like good. I just lost a fight. I'm so happy after oh. I work out. Like, I feel just mentally well. Oh, my gosh. I am so short-tempered after I work out. Like, Really? Like, how is your workout? Don't f- talk to me. Don't. Dude, don't. it takes the fight right out of me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Dude, all my happy endorphins fire, and I'm just like... Gosh, one, I just one don't work out hard enough then. Apparently, I'm not getting to that point. <laughs> what? You are, no, really don't even say that. Because I work like, out with you and our workouts are terrible. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's how I feel. No. Like, I know, I mean, I notice, I do notice there's a difference because like I've noticed that I've gotten quite a bit stronger since we started. Um, for me. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I know that, that there, but I don't see it, if that makes sense. Like I feel it, but I don't see it. And yeah. that's why I do the pictures because I, think, I need to see it too. I think feeling it can correlate with seeing it. That's kind of, yeah. that's the only thing I can recognize. Mm-hmm. Well, I just know because I'm squatting way more than I was squatting before because I was always afraid to squat because my back is all funky. Well, that's, that's funny because you have back issues in a different way, but I also have back issues. Yeah. And I think that's part of why I get so frustrated when I work out. Like after I'm done, I'm just like, I got to relax my back mentally and it's a struggle and like, just let me focus on it. I can't focus on anything else. Don't talk to me. I'm not ready to eat yet. Even though I'm starving, just let me be. And then I'll be good like half an hour after I'm done with a workout. See, I'm weird. Like I go, I can be starving before a workout. Like if I miss dinner or whatever, um, or I don't do a protein shake, which is what I usually do before I come over to work out. Um, I'll be starving. And then once the workout's done, I'm like, I don't really need to eat. I'm fine. And like, I can do a protein shake and then I'm good. Like, I don't have to eat dinner that night. And maybe this is why nutrition is so hard. Cause I'm of the opinion that just like a workout, nutrition is, there can be a standard. Like, okay, everybody needs this, this, and this. But for an individual, everybody has a slightly different spectrum that True. they have to go through to get the maximum results. So you may have a, your DNA just may push you towards uh, a certain meal that you know, other people don't need. So you have to eat a certain type of food or you have to do a certain type of workout because, well, everybody's bone structure is different, which I know from physics class uh, changes the uh, statics and dynamics of your workout. So you have to do different things. So I guess the uh, cliche is different strokes for different folks. And like the 80-20 principle, like, which is the Tim Ferriss thing, like 20% or 80% of the results for 20% of the effort, but it's 100% of the results for 100% of the effort. Like, yeah. After you reach that point, there's like an exponential curve where you just have to do so much more work to get to that point. Um, and I think that that's where you really start getting into like the scientific, like changing around all those little yeah, sliders yeah. on like your macros and like all that kind of stuff. But for like, for me, it's like what, what the things that are like interesting to me is like what works best for like 90% of folks. You know, right, yeah. like, well, the thing is, I mean, if you are just conscious of what you're eating, you don't graze, you know, outside of what your, you know, what your diet allows and you're doing some sort of physical activity, you're going to lose weight um, and you're going to become healthier. The problem is, is <laughs> I call it the Pinterest problem where people will get on like the internet and they'll like see like, that. they'll see all these different diets like, oh, well, you can just do. 
you know, you can just do these things in your office and eat whatever you want and you'll be fine. Like do these desk workouts and you'll, you'll start losing weight. That's not how it works. Desk like workouts. it's right. Desk workouts. I get that. My mom talks about desk workouts. I'm like, please. I saw this YouTube video where this chick was like, this is how you can work out without even leaving your bed in the morning. Like when you wake up in the morning, just like do this little workout in Dude. your bed. And well, I was the, like, the thing is, and those things, yeah, uh, no, that's I just cool. shook my head. That's cool. Do that. Whatever. But you're going to have to work hard. The problem people have is that they think that they can get around working hard. And that's where you get all these <laughs> – Chase is climbing over the furniture to get around me right now. That's where you get all these issues is that people think that they can not put in the work, not put in the food – and still be fine and still get results. And you're not going to. You have to work hard. There's a reason it's called working out. That's the thing that I think that CrossFit has actually is like really positive. Like, I don't know. Like, okay, look, I've never been to CrossFit. I've never like gone to a box and like done the actual workout and huh. run through the whole thing. I've never done that. But like, anyway, like I have little beefs with CrossFit, whatever. I'm not saying that it doesn't make you fit. It definitely does. I don't want to, I don't want to piss off the the CrossFit crowd because I know, there's a, I know there's a lot of you out there, mm -hmm. but like, I, I don't really think it's for me. Yeah. But I will say this. I think that like CrossFit has done wonders for the perception of what a workout is in the minds of people. Yeah. Because like, it's, you're seeing hard work being put yeah, into it. Yeah. Because it is intense. Like there's a level of intensity that you have to reach. Yeah. Like, in order to like get the results that you want. Like if you want to look like a goddess, if you want to look like a god, like you got to put in some freaking hard work. It's it true. It sucks. If it doesn't suck, you're not doing anything. No, that's true. It has to suck. Whatever you do, it has to suck. And that's like I said, that's the problem. A lot of people think there's a growing growing crowd of people that I would say chiefly because of Pinterest in my opinion, think in the internet. I just should just say the internet cuz really that's what it is. But they think that they can get online, get these like little do this five minutes a day and start seeing results immediately. And you're not going to, um, you need to do the work. You can't get around that. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. Um, and I did CrossFit for Marin. I did a good <clears throat> month and a half long program and it was hard and it was terrible. And, um, I saw results, but that's cause I was doing something. I would have saw just as good of results. Had I started like an intense weight training program, had I done full body hit workouts, you know, every day, it doesn't matter. The point is to get going and to get active. Yeah, I agree. And there's also like, there's a difference between like being a world-class athlete and like baseline fitness that it takes to not have heart disease and not be fat. Yeah. And like, I think that's another thing that like people need to keep track of is like, or not keep track of, but like be aware of, like, I think, like, the people that you see aging gracefully, like, Jack LaLanne, um, is the ultimate example, but, like, there are other people in your life, or in people, old people who you know, I'm sure. My grandpa. Yeah, who, yeah. like, yeah, who move, and, like, they're, like, reasonably healthy, and they, they roll out of bed, and, like, they get up and do stuff, and they're active, and, like, mm -hmm. I think that's the thing, is, like, whatever you're doing, Whatever you're doing. We're good to go. Whatever you're doing, you have to be moving. Like, if it doesn't matter if you're swimming or walking or running or jogging or doing push-ups or whatever, you move. Move. Get up and move. I don't know if you guys have ever seen pictures of my grandpa from, like, the 70s, 80s, 90s, but, like, he's, what, 70-something now? Uh, like, like late, 71. Late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. I forget. And he, I know for a fact, up until 
his early 60s. I don't know if he still does it, but the last time I talked to him about it was probably in his mid, early mid 60s, somewhere around that. But he was getting up every morning and he would do a hundred sit-ups, a hundred wow. push-ups, and he would do crunches off the bed. He was, he would put his legs over the bed and then he would like put his back on the ground and he would mm. do crunches. And he would do that every morning and then he would do jumping jacks and he had a little like a, one of those, I don't know what you call it, the gazelle things. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he would just like run on that for a little while and just like read his Bible while he ran. A gazelle and an elliptical. A gazelle. It wasn't an elliptical. Cause yeah, it, that'll the, keep the, the, the Tony little gazelle. So he, he gets a little Dude, strength and keeps mobility. his mobility. Yeah. And then he also would just, he worked outside his entire life. And I remember, I remember in the eighties, like eighties, nineties, seeing my grandpa like when we went swimming and he had a six pack. Because he was just this buff little dude. He's, That's kind of crazy. He's my say, like my height, and he's just he was ripped. You remember Seth? Yeah, I remember. Um, your, your height doesn't really translate to the people on the. I'm uh, five foot six. He's short on a good day. Um, so yeah, my grandpa was just was just shredded, and it was because he was active his whole life. He never really, other than those little exercises I told you about. That's all he did. Like he never lifted weights. He, you know, he, the, his his gym was a construction site. So, <laughs> and all he ate all day was all he ate all day was coffee and chocolate. That's <laughs> well, that that, makes that is a hundred percent. There you go, folks. You heard it here. Heard it here first. Heard it here first. Heard it heard it heard it heard it heard it heard it heard it. Coffee and chocolate. We said it at the same time. And milk and cornbread. Milk and cornbread. South American delights. But yeah, he was a. He's always been. Dude, talking about your grandpa, my grandpa is the same way. He's in his early 80s and he just chainsawed his leg because he was trimming trees outside and cutting another tree down. And he said something happened with the chainsaw, like it, uh, backfired and it nicked the wood and it caused it to ricochet and it chainsawed his, uh, his calf muscle. And so he went to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And like my grandma was like, ah. Can't believe you did that, idiot! Chainsaw. <laughs> That's such an old person reaction. <laughs> she's so like she's so awesome. I was so excited to know what her reaction was when I found out you. what my grandpa had did because they've been together for so long. It's like typical. Anyways, so he and he just missed a uh, a main nerve in it. Like he went like right into his muscle. It wasn't just like skin deep. He went to his muscle. They had to stitch his muscles back together. The next day, up and walking around, like, yeah, it's fine. It's okay. No, I don't take my painkillers. I don't like the way they make me feel. I'm like, dude, you are 82 years old, and you chainsawed your leg, and you're up and walking around, and you're not taking painkillers, and you're like, I can't wait to get back outside and do what I always do, like, just taking care of his property. Yeah, you you almost chainsawed your leg, and we never heard the end of it. Yeah. Right? And And you just just went to a cell phone. I loved that cell phone. I was so emotionally upset when what, that, what phone was it? When I had to get rid of it, man, it was a an LG slide phone, text phone. You nice. know, we you got your little keyboard on the bottom. I mean, and it, it saved your leg, is what it did. It had a cool faceplate. Uh, mine wouldn't have been as bad as my grandpa. Well, no, maybe. Well, yeah, you don't know. You didn't. You you stopped when you hit the phone. That's true. It's hard to know. But anyways. That phone, all I did, I kept that cover for so long to see that gash mark in it. Like, that's so cool. The phone still worked. It just kind of cut through the, the, uh, the case. And <laughs> so I, uh, I got a new case eventually. And then I got a, I got a smartphone in 2012 because I am way out of date. I got one last year. Nice. Yep. God, you're worse than me. I That's remember when Nathan terrible. got it because he came to Tapworks and he was like, I got this Galaxy. I was yep. like, whoa. 
jumping into the 21st century. Dude, yeah. yeah. Galaxy S2 is my first smartphone. Nice. What do you have? S4. Dude, that's what I got right S- now. S4 Active. We, I think we have the same phone. It's the yes! Same, it's the same color oh. and everything. J. Rowe said, why the heck aren't people making waterproof phones? Joe Rogan. J. Rowe. I don't know who Joe Rogan is. Dude, someone on Reddit today. phone. Someone on Reddit today posted that. What is that? This is Sony Xperia Z3V. The Z3. Sponsor us, Sony. Sorry. Well. Please? Please? The, the, we'll just get hacked. Um, but the, uh, the exp- and there it goes. The, <laughs> I mean, mine's not waterproof anymore because I kind of broke one of the covers off. Right. But these things are waterproof for up to 30 minutes for up to five feet. Wow. Okay. There was a post on Reddit today that said Fantastic as phones, phones get more and more waterproof, pretty soon it's going to be okay to push people in pools again. And I, I got so excited. I was like, yeah, I missed that. Well, like, with this one, if I, if I had it working, you know, I didn't have the little cap broken, then yeah. Why haven't they always been made waterproof? That's the point J-Row was trying to make. Like, And I was just like, it's so simple. Try but- to sell phones, dog. What? Trying to sell phones. If you're ruining them in the toilet, uh, you got to go buy another one. Oh, uh, I see that. Dude, I love that commercial where like he drops it in the toilet, so he puts it in the rice, and then... Trying to fix it, that. then he eats, you know. Is that the one with the guy from Saturday Night Live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are funny. It. And, like, he breaks the screen on one of them, and, like, he tries to slide his thumb across it and, like, cuts his thumb. Oh, are you talking <laughs> about... There's, like, blood all over his house from him touching stuff. The Bill Hader commercials? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I did see those. Oh, that guy's so, so did funny. Did not see those. Do for South Park now? Dude, yeah, co-writer for South Park. That. Yeah, he's one of the... There's, like, a team of six that writes for South Park, and he's Dude. been doing it since, like, 2013, 2012. Writing for... I, I would think that like writing for South Park would be a really big accomplishment if you're a comedian. I feel like it would make you a better writer because Maybe. you have to be so on top of it, like topic wise, and you have to be able to change on the spot. Yeah. Dude, it's so much freestyle though. Yeah. They just, if you watch the documentary on how South Park writes, it's just, well, it's kind of like this podcast, actually. Yeah, well, they'll sit together in a room. They're like, what are we going to do this week? And then someone will say, what if Cartman got a tumor? And that's <laughs> and really what it is. Just like, go with it. With comedians freestyle, like one person says something, and then the other person just plays off of it, which I thought was fascinating. I was reading a little thing about uh, – well, it's not called freestyle for uh, comedy. It's called uh, – what the heck do they call that? Creative process? I don't know. Improvisation? Improv, yeah, yeah, improv for comedy. The like the the number one rule for comedy is never say no. Yeah, well, the number one rule for improv for sure. Yeah, you just you just go along with what they say. Like, okay, okay, and then you just yes keep going and off of that. That's what they call it. Yes, oh and yes and, and okay. Yeah, you yes and like if someone says something, you go yes and and like you add your thing to it, and then someone else yes and you. So and that's, that's kind of like South Park. Well, the thing about creates like that aspect of creativity. Like when you have a group of people that get together and they challenge each other's ideas and they work with each uh, other and they go back and forth, you get amazing things. Um, like you get the Beatles where, you know, you had Paul and John who theologically, like on a mental th- philosophical level, like batted heads all the time. One was very whimsical and happy and optimistic and the other one was very pessimistic and sad. Um, but then you get the best music ever. No, you did. Those are the two best types of music. Yeah, exactly. Um, or, you have the opposite end of the spectrum where you have people like Tim Burton and uh, Johnny Depp who work together so long they become yes men to each other and their stuff starts being terrible. Oh, uh, yeah. Because they stop challenging each other. They stop um, thinking of ideas and it starts becoming a, yeah, let's do this because we're together and we're awesome. Instead of, you know, no, I don't think that's a good idea. We should not do this. 
Makes Which I just want to say that really sad country music is so good. And that's really the only sad- country music yes. I like. Zach Brown's, all of Zach Brown's sad songs are like his best songs. Right. Zach Brown, the Zach Brown band, I really think is like one of the most talented bands out there right now. Like they are ridiculous. As a musician, I am inclined to agree. Yeah, dude, they are ridiculously good. But like, not even a fan of the band. For my money, their sad music is the best. The best. Not to say that I only listen to sad music, but when I listen to country, I want it to be sad. Thank you. I just don't like country. None of this rock country. Rock country is formulaic. Most music nowadays, when it comes to the mainstream pop culture, is very formulaic. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we have a, a station here in Oklahoma City called KJ103. And On the street. They Sorry. take pop songs and they put this really repetitive, paganistic, you know, thumping of the subwoofer in every song, even if it doesn't have it. There's a like, paganistic whoa, thumping whoa, of the Why is it paganistic? That is my favorite combination of words, like, <laughs> that I've heard this, like, so far this month. That's only, like, the sixth? What is it? I don't know, but it is, I love that. It is the fifth of. I get what he's uh, saying. The fifth. He's saying it's a, it's a very primitive, yeah. it's a primal. Dance around a fire and chant. A primal heavy thump. Or is it like rowing, like, in the, in the <laughs> belly of the slave ship? <laughs> Rhyming speed! Paganistic boom, boom, thumping boom, of the subwoofer. Also, Dude, that's so what it is, good. though. Like, okay, there's this song, uh, everybody knows it probably by Hoosier. It's called Take Me to Church. Oh, I hate that song. Take uh, me to church. Heard it too okay. many times. Terrible. So it's, it's kind of a pretty song. But then this, uh, radio station KJ puts this thumping subwoofer behind it. Wom, 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 wom. Every single. I'm not sure that applies. Beat. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. Like, Okay, this is not a dance song. You're talking about the remix version? Yeah, I hate remix yeah. version. And Sam Houston has another song. Sam Houston. That, you know, it, it's very sad. It's about, you know, a lady who doesn't love him, who cheats on him. And they decide to put this thumping subwoofer to it that's like, you know what? I don't need a metronome to keep beat with this song. Thank you very much. You know, just play the song like it was written. One thing that I hate that pop music does is that almost every pop song recently has the bum 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 in the background somewhere to some degree. Like that combination of that progression. What? And it drives me oh, crazy. Oh man, what you just said reminded me of a song. Yeah, exactly. No, it did because it so many song. songs have that. You like, remind me of a song. Is that a song? What's new? And like, so. we play a song I on Sundays. I see su- your face every time. We play a song on Sundays. I look, I look. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, keep going, Chase. Don't, please. Finish it. Finish play- it. <laughs> Finish it. Finish it. We play a song on Sundays that has that progression. Um, we play two songs that have that progression. Um, and someone was like, this sounds really familiar. And I'm like, that's because you're thinking of every pop song. And I was like, particularly, um, California Girls by Katy Perry. Like that one, it's identical to the one we do on Sundays. And it's just that dun 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 dun. I wish they all could be California girls. Dude, the new could be California girls. <laughs> the new hipster and that. pop, which is ironic because hipster and pop are colliding so hard right now. Yeah. Uh, the chanting of the music. Ooh, yeah. Like somebody well, in the background, like doing just oohs and ahs and whoop wop. What M83, what M83, me and Austin Valdez, the, the drummer, and our, one of, <laughs> me and Austin Valdez, the drummer in, in my band, he's one of the two drummers, uh, three drummers, sorry. Um, 
he uh, and I were talking on Sunday about how what MA3 and MGMT were doing in 2011, um, modern music is doing now. Um, because for a while there, everybody was doing what Mumford and Sons were doing. And now everybody's moving to kind of like that whole uh, large group chant, like heavy, heavy under like electronics in the background kind of thing. Which is cool when MGMT and M83 and Empire of the Sun do it, but when other bands do it, it just makes me angry. I still feel like, even though it might be similar, I'd rather listen to those older bands. Yeah, no, I agree. Because they just do it in a way that's not typical. Because well, it's, I guess, it's not formulaic. It's how it was, right, it was exactly. started. There was no formula when they were doing it. It came, yeah, it, came, it definitely came naturally. While in this day and age, you're just like, yeah, I heard this like two songs ago because every other song is the same exact song. Well, no, because now there there are – you can listen to the radio and you can pick out about six songs yep. and everything is in those six songs. Like, And you can do it by theme and you can do it by music. For instance, the Take Me to Church song is really similar, similar to the I keep going to the river to pray. Oh, I can't – Because it's the song, same uh, song. Because that's what the music industry is. It's just formulas. They know what's popular. They know what's going to get people to listen to it. And then they pay the radio stations to play those songs. It's just like Hollywood, the music industry, had like, kind of like you said, the same algorithm. They have the same formula where they say, this is popular right now. Let's beat it to death. And once it's dead, let's continue to beat it until there's no more blood in it. Until everybody hates it. No, that's, exactly. that's how and then in thirty years we'll bring it back again. Right now yeah. we're going into. I, I agree. It's gonna. We're hitting kind of a, a techno disco revival stage, um, and I'm we're gonna go from it. that. And it's gonna go. I promise you, this is how it's gonna go. We're gonna go from the techno disco revival. Here first. We're all- You're hearing it here first. We're gonna go from what we have now, which is this. We went from folk to disco, and we're about to go to rock. Okay, I was about to say we're already on the downside of disco. Mm, we're getting there. We're getting there. Dude, we're still I, I am so excited for the upside of rock because it's been maybe, dead maybe. for like five years. It depends. Are they going to do Nickelback style? Or are they going to totally. do real rock? Rock and roll. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. Have you listened to ACDC? Have you listened to ACDC? Will they, will they bring back like Journey style? Holy scripture of rock and roll. Once they got the new rock and roll singer, noise pollution. Rock and roll will never die. ACDC ruined ACDC. What? Which, which new singer? Angus or not Angus Young? Um, the second one. God, what was his name? I should know this. He ruined ACDC? He, yeah. Some of their best you albums think? were with him. Only the original singer of ACDC was in the okay. Oh, you're crazy, buddy. Anyway. Oh, um, I really disagree. Yeah, I have to. <laughs> he, was, he was awesome. He was awesome. but He was amazing, was but awesome the second too. guy was also what amazing. Did, what, Brian? Isn't his name Brian something? I don't remember. Brian Fellows. <sighs> Brian, Brian Fellows. So anyway, what I'm saying is the caliber of musicians we have out there right now aren't up to par when it comes to writing their own music. You have a handful that write their own music, and they're the ones producing really good stuff. The, um, the best music always comes from what's not popular at the time. Yeah, no, that's exactly they're, correct. they're being original. And that's why I... Okay, I play in a Christian band on Sundays, and I hate Christian music because Brian it's not... Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. That yep. was delayed, but... Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> but I can't... S- Dude, I love Dwayne Johnson. Anyways. But I can't Speaking stand of Christian, rock... I can't stand... <laughs> <laughs> That was good. That was really good. <laughs> that was a really good pun. But I can't stand Christian music right now. We were coming off the stage the other day, and uh, Scott Zwartz, who's our piano player, said to me that he was like, I really like that last song. That's a good song. And I go, yeah, I do too. I was like, that has really good writing, like lyric-wise. I was like, which is way better than 90% of the songs we play. And he just started laughing because he knows exactly what I'm talking about in that they're all just formulaic pop culture songs that the Christian community has done to try and emulate 
what the like mainstream the only world Christian is doing. music I can stand anymore are hymns like. Oh my gosh, they old, are so nah, dude, Rich Mullins is still great. He is. Yeah, no, there's uh, okay. Li- yeah. Good music speaks for itself. Future Forestry, that's amazing Christian music. You too, amazing Christian music. Mute Math, amazing Christian music. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all things that you can listen to that are still Christian music and they're not terrible because they're not trying to be Christian. They're just making music and they are Christians. Rich Mullins, Keith Green. Oh, Keith Green. Rich Mullins at Dulcimer. But it turns out you Hammer can make Dulcimer, money right? if Hammer you Dulcimer. write Fantastic. songs a certain way because, like, oh, yeah, they're, they're Christian. So a certain genre of people will buy it. What does kind that like say about Creed for a certain amount of time? Kind of like. <laughs> Six feet from here. I said Creed and it all they were, they were kind of on the front end of that, like, bro rock movement, though. Like, oh, my gosh. What yeah. about Katy Perry? She was also originally a Christian music. Uh, yeah, she's artist. on a. Several POD. But somebody was like, "You have giant boobs. Like you should. You can make so much artist. more money, <laughs> dude." Her in the early two thousands, she had that like more. super hairsprayed, stringy hair. Is gross. <laughs> when that's when she was in the Christian music. She was blonde. Dude, funny. yeah, she's, she's in blonde? this weird yeah. in betwixt phase where she's just like she looked like a high school I don't goth know what girl. I am right like, now. but not the kind of goth that's like parents will let her go all the way goth. The kind that's like, I'm gonna wear skulls and go to Hot Topic and wear like red stripy black t-shirts. Uh, so, uh what's the Canadian chick? Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne. Kind of like Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne goth. Yeah. Well, which isn't goth. That was like wannabe punk. Listen to the skater boy. Ultra pop punk. So, I love Avril Lavigne's cheerleader stuff, though. I'm not gonna lie. Well, how many like crazy? I think I just like chanting. Not very well known songs Chase has been singing today. One of those are the best songs ever. I can't it? sing a single Avril Lavigne song. You never heard of Skater Boy? No. See you later, boy. Oh wait, it's spelled B O I, isn't it? I Maybe know. I have heard of that. Who the hell spells it like that? S K eight. Yep. R. Yep. B O I. Katy Perry back then. Seth's showing a picture of Katy Perry back in the night or early two thousands. Doesn't look as good. She does. Oh, let me lose Not. She looks like Zoe Deschanel's goth sister. Oh my gosh, she does. Anyway, so guys, we've went an hour and thirty minutes. We should probably call it quits. Oh, dude, I was yeah, totally chilling right now. I know now. it's good. We're, we're having I feel a good like conversation. We're just hitting our stride. Yeah, we yeah. are, but I can't keep going for this. Just don't go to work tomorrow and just do the podcast tonight hey can we talk about real quick bass the freaking bass of music is so important i would say that bass and drums are you know the most important part it drives the song it's like that 20 percent of the effort that gets you 80 percent of the results between the just like the the four-hour body yeah so good dude if you get that funky groove going on you can just go with that for days. You're just like, yeah, yeah, it's only like five notes, but I'm getting it right now. I don't even care. One of my yeah. favorite album series is by Future Forestry. They put out three albums called the Traveler Series. And the only thing they focused on when they wrote all their songs for that album was having good progressive beats to it that were unique to each song. Oh, yeah. And that's why that whole album just resonates with you what so well. What is their drummer's name? I can TJ Hill for that dude, album. But it's not – he's – that's just that album though. Those three albums is TJ. Oh, TJ. Yeah, TJ. He's a redheaded dude, right? Yeah, TJ Hill. He's a freaking genius. He I really swear. is. Swear. He's a. Like, I was talking to my buddy Christian one time when I was working at uh at Tate at the print shop. Uh, not not that. I don't even remember the name of the company that I used to work for. It doesn't matter anyway. Rhymes with your name. Whatever. I don't want to say the name of that company because I don't want to get in trouble because they they have been known to get mad at people. I'll edit it out for what you said just a second ago. <laughs> okay. Anyway, okay. But so you know, I was talking over. to my buddy at the the place that I used to work at. Where, 
and who's the guy, I'm not even going to mention the guy's name, but he, we were listening to this Future of Forestry strong song, and he was like, imagine if this had just like a regular drum beat like you would hear on like yeah. any other song. Mm-hmm. And then like he kind of started beatboxing this like just very basic drum beat, and I was like, Oh my God, you're right. The drum beat totally makes this. And it's a great song, but Which like song without the right drum beat, it's nothing. It could be literally any song from the Traveler. I really don't remember what it was. Any song from the Traveler series. Also, another good example, Mute Math. They have one of the best drummers I've ever seen. Um, I was, I took Brandon, me and Brandon Jones went to see Mute Math one time and he was like, that was the best drumming I've ever seen in my life. Dude, when that drummer Actually, taped his a- headset to his face, he did. I was like, this is going to be a good show. Before the show, like he gets some duct tape and he just tapes his. He uh, tapes his headphones on. That way he doesn't lose them. Yeah, and that dude was just getting. He's like, I'm having a great time. I don't care if this is a good show or not. I'm gonna have a he good broke, time. I don't like, care what sticks. anybody else does. As for me and my drums, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> we will dude. Rock. It was such a good show, dude. Okay, anybody who loves uh the rhythm and the bass, Stadium Arcadium of Red Hot Chili Peppers. I've good been album. listening to it for like ten years. Good album. It's so good every Dude, single time. That was one of the albums that like got me through high school. Oh yeah, it's a good album. Oh man, it's a it's a it's one of those albums that just has start to finish just a perfect. Dude, yes, it's got every so many song songs to perfect. It. Every song cadence. I would say I, I would say it has a good cadence. I don't to like it. Slow Cheetah. Slow really? Cheetah. I don't like Slow Cheetah. So I don't know why. I, like I just Slow never Cheetah. liked that song. I like I like that entire album. That's, a, that's the it. only that's the only song that. Dude, I don't what like. about Ready Made? Ready Made, Ready Made. Like yeah, I said, dude. Slow Cheetah is the only song I don't like on that album. We got I like to. Storm in a Teacup. That's a good one. Dude, the Alien. What is the Alien one? Something oh, it's about alien. his dog dying. I did not know that. The love of a Martian. Yes. Oh, that yeah. song is sick. Me and <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go listen to that album right now. Myself and Seth Fellenstein got into an argument with uh, Jolina, who listeners, um, Seth Fellenstein and Jolina are two of our friends, uh, mutual friends with the whole group. Uh, and we got into an argument because she was saying that Radiohead was a terrible band, what? and me and Seth were both Have just like, "How could you think so?" Um, we talked about you know OK Computer, Kid A, In Rainbows, King of Limbs, like those How are they all, all go together as one album. Well. <laughs> Dude, how okay. do you guys listen oh, to In Rainbows and okay, Computer. Okay, Computer. Jigs are falling into place. And I think it was more I to do... I have not listened to Radiohead hardly at all. You are missing out, I my should, friend. I Especially In Rainbows them. and OK Computer and Kid A. Those I tried to get three. into them like a long time ago. I, I just wasn't ready for it. But I think maybe That's a good way to put it. I think that happens a lot with music. Like You have to be I in agree. a specific place to listen to things. So, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. I just listen to them while I played MMOs. Just listening to Radiohead playing The first time I heard I, the sword, I, I didn't like them, and they're my favorite band. Oh. Radiohead play Star Trek Online. The first time I listened to Future Forestry's Young Man Follow, I hated that album because it was so different. Than... I still don't like that album. Dude, Guys. have you listened to it recently? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, give it a chance. Guys, I promise. The sword? I, okay, Nate introduced me to The Sword, this band. It's a metal band, but it's kind of old school, and it's freaking awesome. I, lis- I started listening to them while reading about the invasion of Iraq. Oh yes. It was dude, it was talking about like bombs falling from the sky and tanks rolling in and people destroying and it was just like Dude, they write the best riffs. Oh, they write the best riffs. Dude, it it, it put a whole new perspective Great on Great friends the of the podcast, war. the sword. 
<laughs> they love our podcast. Can, can we get can we get them on here? Yeah, uh, right. I would the sword I would, if oh you're listening. Goodness. I would have a gasm. How stout for me? The sword, everybody. The sword is going to talk. I'd be like, crap. I need to listen to some of their music. And like, I wouldn't even talk. I'd just like freeze up. Like, <laughs> hey, you guys are the sword. Like but it was Nathan. I worship. I worship those guys. I really do. I freaking love that band. So. I've listened to their albums so many times. Right, I gotta give a shout out to Audio Slave because, We're dude, their bass is killer. So. Yeah, their bass is killer. Oh my god. Um, yeah, he's a beast. So I don't really know how we got on this subject, but I really like the way that this podcast yes. went. Uh, okay, I just want to say that I've been so excited when we started talking about music. It's just what I feel right now. We can devote. You know, one one week to just talk I about music. I haven't committed very many, very much thought to music, like in a long time. Dude, let's do it. Let's let's make next week's podcast it's, subject music. I'm but being emotionally is, healthy by no, talking about I, music. I don't, I don't think we should say like, no, it's going to be about music because then we'll think about it. Nah, Ooh, it'll be like this. This one was going to yeah, be about yeah. the bring brain. It, yeah, but see, and like, it's not at all. It's bringing exactly. it. It's bringing it back. I guess I am because. The, we're talking if, about the brain and how to properly if we, if we focus on it and decide next week we're going to talk about music. We'll just, I mean, it will We'll end up talking good. about the brain, and that'll be frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to talk about magic next week? Like the gathering? The gathering or, or, or as like, in witchcraft, like actual or like, witchcraft. Yeah. I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> <laughs> Josh and his goblin deck over here. I love my goblin deck. Oh man, I can play with it all day long. <laughs> goblin deck. I don't play my goblin deck all day long, nigga. I knew that's what you were saying. But. You guys are dirty. No. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so we've now gone for an hour we'll and probably fo- have to cut off hour and forty this. minutes. We need to cut it off, guys. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for Black Mesa Radio. Uh, we love you. We do. Good night. Mwah.